Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 2. Or most of it will be in the worship folder. We're going to go back and read what we did last week as, because the angels and the shepherds do tie together here. It's the angels telling the shepherds and the shepherds are going. Remember, we are looking at the, the groups that adore the Christ child. We looked at the angels last week and the fact that uh, they had been waiting uh, since the beginning of time to deliver the news that the Messiah would be born, that the answer for the problem of sin in the lives of humans would, had come into the earth. Uh, and after all that they had seen, the, the creation, the fall, uh, the inability of man to be obedient, and now comes the answer. Christ the Messiah, the one who would take away the sins of the world. That was the announcement that they got to make, and that was last week. So who did they make the announcement to? A bunch of shepherds. So let's stand and as uh, prepare as I read the word of God. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, we pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes that we would have understanding to what it means, not just the words on the page, not just the culture and the context, but how it calls us to live, that we might live in the same way as the shepherds did, making haste to go and see and telling everyone we saw what we have seen, the good news of the coming of Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. Now, our uh, passage is really uh, 15 through 21, but I'm going to start back in verse 8 of chapter 2 with the angels. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So when the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is God's inspired word for us today. So please be seated. I'm sure like most of you, Every morning, if you check your email every morning, you go there and there are a bunch of ads or a bunch of announcements, uh, even from people you may like. Uh, this time of year, we get regular announcements. I mean, I, I really like Ligonier, but I get an announcement at least once a day. Um, who else? Holtz Leather. I get, I get announcements two or three times a day from Holtz Leather. Um, 
you know, uh, the, the, uh, the rescue mission, everybody sending announcements and, and, and uh, you know, asking, of course, asking for you to be involved by the book, uh, give some here, everything like that. Um, now, in the old days, the old days, which aren't really that too far back, we used to get them direct mail. You know, we still get direct mail. And, you know, when I go out to the mailbox and I, I get the mail out of the mailbox, and then I start to look through it. And on the way to the garage, there's the recycle bin. So I just, you know, I just go, go right like that into the recycle bin. And I don't even read them anymore, you know. And pretty much that's what happens with my email, too. You know, I know who they are, and I'm not interested. So boink, boink, blah, delete, 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 like that. Um, if you want to make an announcement, still the Internet is, is probably the best way because most people spend a lot of time there or direct email. Um, you, you know, um, in, in, in the Internet, you, if you pay, I guess now this is uh, what I'm told, if you pay a little bit, you can have your um, uh, organization rise to the top of the search list. So if I went, churches in Huntsville and we had paid a fee, Central Press would come first. Okay. Now, uh, that, that's, that's great, um, but there's also the searching and, and, and the ads that you find on Facebook and, and of course, TV. <clears throat> but most people use these means, but the danger is, whatever means it is, you, you know, it becomes rote, it becomes common. Uh, you just delete it right out. Okay? So um, people who come out with books, they do book tours. You know, they try to get their agents, try to get them booked on, on the show that hits their demographic. Or if you come out with a new movie, the movie star does the talk show routes that, that are going to match the demographic. And, you know, the host fawns over them because they're so wonderful. And they're not really wonderful, but, the, the, you know, that's their job. Um, they're going to secure the, the opportunity to get the word out to the largest audience possible. Except the Lord. You know, you kind of knew where I was going with this. The Lord doesn't do that. The Lord doesn't go to Jerusalem to the top of the, the temple with a loudspeaker and say, my son has come into this world to save sinners. He goes to a group of shepherds in a field. And, and you know, we don't know how many shepherds there were. There might have only been three or four. And we're not thinking it was a very large crowd. But he comes to these shepherds, these individuals. He doesn't go to the, the Fox News, the CNN of the first century. He doesn't do that. He goes to the least of these in society to say that my son has come into this world to save sinners, to change the world. And the people he chose, the first recipients of the glorious news, were shepherds. And the reason we look at shepherds in particular is they were not considered the most trustworthy of individuals. Um, you know, all sheep look alike to me, right? Well, I think you got some of mine. So that was one of the problems that shepherds had. Um, so if you were inventing uh, a story, if you in your imagination came up with something like, you know what? I bet I could really pull the wool over a bunch of people's eyes if I started a, a, a rumor, if I started a story that God had sent his son into the world, you know, incarnate, born of a virgin. You know, so who should I tell? Who is the most trustworthy person or group of people that I could inform to get the rumor started? You wouldn't start with shepherds. 
because they were at the opposite end of the trustworthiness. You just didn't really trust the shepherd to make that. Now, there's some debate in modern scholarship whether we have given shepherds a bad name. Um, were, were they really as untrustworthy as, as possible? I'm going to stick with, with the main scholars and say, yeah, I think they were untrusty, untrustworthy. Um, they were pretty much unsupervised. They ate in other people's grass, the sheep. They ate in other people's grass. They grazed them on other people's land. They weren't allowed to come into town uh, except under certain circumstances. They were considered untrustworthy, unclean. They were out of the mainstream of society. So uh, apparently shepherds were notorious, as I said, for claiming other people's sheep. I don't think they branded sheep like we might do for cattle. Uh, The testimony of a shepherd was unacceptable in a court of law. So if your life or death sentence hinged upon the testimony of a shepherd, you were toast. Okay, That's just the way that it was. Because no court was going to trust what a shepherd said. Shepherds were generally considered unclean. As well, when we talk about ceremonially or spiritually unclean, because they were in daily contact with animals that were dirty, they were smelly, um, they were uh, full of cuts and scrapes from their work. They usually had uh, sheep manure on them, uh, then the insects that buzzed around the sheep would get on them, and, and that would help make them unclean. So that meant that a shepherd was almost never allowed into the temple to worship because he was physically unclean okay, and could never really get clean because that would take seven days to get clean. They didn't generally own their property. They had no place to stay. They were rather nomadic, moving where the grass was good. The sheep would come and consume the grass here. They would move here. When the seasons changed, they'd have to move elevation, things like that. Now, unlike the Pharisees, or the Sadducees, or the chief priests who had some clout with the people, religious clout. Shepherds had no religious clout, none at all. They were not respected as those other religious leaders were. Yet, throughout the scriptures, we read of many places where God chooses shepherds, where he uses people who were shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph's brothers, David, Amos. Remember? Samuel comes to anoint the next king. He comes to Jesse's house. He says, I'm here to anoint, I'm paraphrasing obviously, I'm here to anoint the, new king, the next king. Bring out your, your oldest son. And, and out comes this tall, handsome young man. And Samuel says, surely the Lord's anointed is before us. And God says, no, not that one. He says, well, okay, get your next one. Not that one. Get your next one. And he says, Jesse, don't you have any more sons? He says, well, we've got the youngest, but he's out in the field tending the sheep. David was a shepherd. And out of that experience, those years of protecting the sheep and tending the sheep and caring for them, he writes some of the most glorious things about how the Father shepherds his people, Psalm 23. I mean, we all learned that in Sunday school. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. I always thought growing up that he was my shepherd I don't want. took a seminary degree for me to figure it out. I shall not be in want. <laughs> he makes me do these things. Why does he make me do those things? For my good and his glory. 
Jesus is the good shepherd, John 10. He's the great shepherd, Hebrews 13. The chief shepherd, 1 Peter 5. He is my shepherd, Psalm 23. Now get that. He is the good, the great, the chief. He's my shepherd. He's your shepherd. That's how personal our Heavenly Father is. Of course, there are bad things for shepherds in the Old Testament as well. Prophets Ezekiel, Jeremiah really chastised the spiritual leaders of Israel and of Judah for leading the people astray, for being bad shepherds, for not keeping purity of doctrine, purity of life, for letting in false teachings. God refers to himself as Israel's shepherd. To shepherd in God's world is to care for the sheep. And who are the sheep? That's us, okay? Uh, What defense do the sheep have? The shepherd. That's it. In the spiritual world, the sheep have only the shepherd, our Heavenly Father, for defense. said it before, we are sent out as sheep among wolves. But we go because our Father protects us. Shepherds in the first century in Israel, they didn't drive the sheep, they led the sheep. Okay, here in the West... We get behind the sheep, we get the dogs, we move them like that, just like cattle. In the New Testament, in those in the east, they would stand in front of the herd and go, paraphrasing again, come on guys, let's go. And they would all follow the shepherd. Why? Because they recognized the shepherd's voice. Jesus said that, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. When I was walking through Spain, I, I saw the perfect illustration of this. We came across a road. And this guy walked out in the middle of the road, and he turned and said, come. And this herd of sheep, the flock of sheep, went right across and followed him. I was like, I took a picture of it, because that was the illustration, the perfect illustration. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. So when we look at the gospel message as a whole and the wonderful works of grace, now remember grace is technically unmerited favor. We don't deserve God's grace. We can't earn God's grace. He simply gives it to us because it is his perfect will and his love for us. We can see maybe a reason why the shepherds are the first to hear about the birth of Christ. As I said, it wouldn't be, humanly speaking, the group that we would choose. But yet our Heavenly Father has chosen them to hear the news first. The kingdom includes outsiders. The kingdom includes some of the least of these. And that's what shepherds were. Mary and Joseph, they traveled all the way to Bethlehem. What do you think that they took with them? I was thinking about this. Probably pretty much all that they owned. And so it was carried by Joseph on the mule, on the donkey. They were poor. They didn't have much. It reminds us the kingdom consists of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. So during Jesus' lifetime, he kind of specialized in welcoming people who were disregarded by the rest of society. Mark 1, he touches the lepers, touches the lepers, changes their lives. Matthew, the tax collector, is one of his apostles. I mean, tax collectors and prostitutes, they were the lowest. They were the lowest of society. He ate with prostitutes by the location of his birth, Bethlehem, which was no big metropolis, okay? And the earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, 
God showed that something new was happening. That the coming of Christ. People who had been ignored, people who had been ostracized, people who had not been cared about in society were now going to hear the news first. We're now going to be the bearers of Christ. We're now going to raise him in this world. So Luke is telling us that a king is born in Bethlehem. He's going to be different. He's not going to be like the Caesars who ruled by violence with a bunch of soldiers behind him. Not going to be like Herod who ruled by treachery and murder and paranoia. Remember Herod killed his favorite wife, killed two of his sons. You know, that's just how he ruled. Jesus would be a shepherd who would be out in front of his people saying, follow me, this is the way to go. So these shepherds, who received the news from the angels, knew how to care for lambs. Okay? We love the, the stained glass window and that illustration as he carries the lamb. Remember, if um, a, a lamb kept running away, um, then the shepherd would break his leg and would bind it up and would have to carry that lamb until that leg was ready and healed. And that lamb would never leave the shepherd because of that close bond there. So what we have is the shepherds who know how to care for lambs, and maybe, now this is just a hypothesis, but because of their close proximity to Jerusalem, these may have been what we call temple shepherds who raised sheep specifically for the sacrifices at the temple. So they would see all of these lambs being born knowing what was going to happen to them, that there would go and their blood would be spilled to atone for sin. And here they get the news that the sinless, spotless Lamb of God is coming to the world, will atone for the sin once and for all. So let's look at what the shepherds do when they hear the news. Verse 9, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And that's usually what happens when an angel shows up. Okay, an angel's first words are often, fear not. Well, why? Because everybody's afraid. Now, just think. Um, so, uh, here you are, doing your shepherd thing out in the fields, you know, looking at the stars. Who, I'm going to say it's a beautiful night because that's the way we like to think of it. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. Now, I, as far as I know, I've never seen an angel, um, although we're told that we may entertain angels unaware out of Hebrews. Um, so I've never seen an angel. I've never had any of this, this great stuff, this great vision as the shepherds have. But an angel shows up. And these are common shepherds. I can tell you, they probably scared the bejeebers out of them. And the angel says, fear not. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. So it's good news of great joy for whom? For all the people. Now, the angels aren't the only ones who get afraid when, when uh, no, the shepherds aren't the only ones who get afraid when angels show up. Uh, Daniel trembles in the presence of an angel. Zechariah was afraid. Uh, Acts 27, um, uh, an angel comes to assure Paul and, and the people are afraid. Matthew 28, the women at the tomb are afraid. Uh, shepherds out in the field tending their sheep are afraid. But the angels, more important, I've got good news for you. No reason to be afraid. I've got good news. Second, they believed. Now, uh, you might think that that's a, a given here, given what they would, would do afterwards. But understand, by the time of the first century, when this happens, there were already a regular 
dose of false messiahs. People coming saying, I am the Messiah, I'm the one. And, and we have seen them, even in the last hundred years, every once in a while somebody will pop up and say, I'm the Messiah, I'm the one. Um, well, people would come in, in the first century because of the, the persecution under Rome um, and, and the uh, prophecies of the Old Testament, people were looking for the Messiah. So on a regular basis, there had been announcements that the Messiah had come, but none had ever been announced by the angels. So Luke makes sure that we understand that the shepherds don't waste time. Jump to verse 16. And they went with haste. Okay? They heard the news. They saw it when the angel left. They said, come on, let's go. We have got to see this. This has got to be true. They made haste. And then they couldn't keep the message to themselves. The angels told them, this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, if this was man-made, you might expect to hear and go to Jerusalem as fast as you can and go to the palace. You'll find a babe wrapped in silk, cared for in the the greatest way with all the trappings of royalty, etc. But that's not the way God has done things Uh, and, and obviously not here. It's Bethlehem, a little out of the way place. It's a manger, so we assume it's a stable. Is it a cave? Is it a building? Yes, uh, but it's a manger. That's a feeding trough for animals. Okay? That's where the animals get in and eat the straw. And if you've ever seen a cow eat, you know, they're kind of slobbery. Uh, so that's what's in there. And they lay the Son of God, the Holy One, who has been here before the beginning began. They lay him in a manger. Why? He's, that's what they had. That's what they had. excuse me now remember then the shepherds go and they find the babe just in the way that they said verse 17 and when they saw it they made known everything that had been told them concerning this child now i don't know how excited mary was um, when the shepherds show up now um, ladies uh, would you like some shepherds to come to your you know your birthing room and say, oh, wow, yeah, there's, yeah, like that. I can remember being in Haiti uh, years ago, and um, we were getting, because some of our, our group was working in the hospital, so we got kind of a tour of the hospital, and they wheeled this woman right out of the delivery room into the kind of reception area, and there she is with her newborn baby, and there are all these Americans going, oh, you know. <laughs> I don't think she really wanted to see us at that time, okay? So I'm not sure, because remember, shepherds smelled bad, uh, I think everybody in the first century smelled bad, but I think shepherds smelled worse than everybody else. Uh, but they, they come and they tell Mary what happened and they worship him. Just like the angel said he was going to be. That's him. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Now remember, Mary is really the one that's gotten the news. Joseph has kind of gotten the news. But anybody else around, they, they, don't, they don't know yet. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned. And how else would you return? Glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. Every once in a while you hear about people who, you know, Claimed I spent, you know, 10 minutes in heaven or whatever, and, and their lives don't look any different. 
No, you, you can't see those things. If that was true, that, that your life could not be different. Here are shepherds out in the field. Okay, what's their main work? Watching the sheep. The Lord comes to them, delivers the message that my Savior has been born, my son. Go and see him. He's going to be just like this. They go, and he's just like that. They're changed forever. I, I, I don't know if everybody that they told was changed. But they heard it and they wandered. But wandering and pondering is not the same as belief. Now, let's think cynically for a moment. If somebody were to receive some news like that today, what might they do? Lots of book tour. Okay, let me tell you, I wrote this book because I saw angels. And what did they do? They told everybody. Were their lives changed? I, I bet their lives were. Not only did they hear, but they believed. Many wonder at the news of the birth of Christ. But wonder is not enough. Wonder is just, oh, yeah, I love Christmas. I love Advent, man. I get the warm fuzzies and everything. But do you believe? And is your life changed because of that? He came to give you life. He came to give his life that he would rise again and ascend to the right hand of the Father. And there he sits until the Father sends him back to collect his own. That's the message of good news. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, what a gift to us, the likes of us, that you would do this. That you would look into our hearts, as sinful as they are, and still... Send your son to give his life for us. Lord, let us be like the shepherds. Make haste to know more. Make haste to see. Is this true? Yes, it is true. Put it to the test. Your word can stand our examination. Your word can stand the test, for it is true. And the message of the birth of Christ comes to people like us whose hearts are tainted by sin, whose hearts are hard, but they're melted, softened, and changed by your grace and by your love for us. Not when we were looking for you, but when you came looking for us. So Heavenly Father, keep our minds on Christ that we would adore him, not just this month, but always, that he would be first and foremost in all that we do and say. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.